gets enough of that. Glory's <laughs> worry about copyright and whatever. Um, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's a few days before, but I'm very excited. It's been Halloween in this house for like a month and a half. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. August is pre-Halloween. Uh-huh. September is almost Halloween, and now it's Halloween. So this format is going to be a little different. Um, I've been wanting to do this for a while, but we couldn't do it last year because we were moving and all that bullshit. Um, so I guess you can probably say that we're so- we sort of believe in ghosts, but also sort of not. Yeah, I'm unsure where I stand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm I'm a <laughs> recovering Catholic, so I have I have that whole thing going for me, um, and I've had enough odd experiences to at least question it. You've had some odd experiences. I have, which I will get into in detail yes. later. So in case you couldn't tell, um, this is the ghost story episode. And everything I'm going to tell you um, is true. And I, well, true in the sense that it's it's happened to people. And they believe it to be true. And they believe it to be true. And I have no reason to not believe these people. So, um, I've got some stories about my university, a couple of things my friend told me. One I don't think I've actually told you yet. Mm. So, that'll be fun to watch your reaction to that <laughs> creepy-ass thing. Great, I'm not sleeping tonight, apparently. You share a bed with me, you're fine. <laughs> um, and then you've got something. Uh, so, do you want to start or should I start? Uh, I can start. If you want to start with your creepy-ass story, please do. So... As I mentioned in the episode on the craft we just posted, I have a very complicated relationship with how I view ghosts and spirituality and all that stuff because I'm not really spiritual at all. I don't ascribe to any sort of religion, but I do have a rather scary ghost experience um, that I am pretty sure I was not dreaming through. So back when I was a young teenager, my family and I lived in this rented house, and it was a creepy-ass house. I would often hear whistling in the middle of the night, and what I'm, time? I'm not sure. Like 3 o'clock in the morning? It could have been like 3 o'clock in the morning. I know it wasn't any of my family members because it was not coming from any of my family members' rooms. Their rooms were right around my room. I could see my brother sleeping and he was not whistling. My parents have never been like sleep whistlers. Um, <laughs> so there's that. But and the house, I mean, there were spiders that were, were just nonstop spiders, like enormous spiders, like ridiculously enormous, disgusting spiders all the time. And the house just felt like creepy as hell. Like I was so creeped out by this house that I'd be up at five in the morning watching I dream of Jeannie for like three hours in a row because I was trying to distract myself from the fact that this house was so creepy and I could not sleep. And it just got worse when one night I woke up and I opened my eyes and above me I saw the scowling head of a very angry looking uh, what appeared to be ghost of a 16 year old boy. And I was like, holy shit, I must be dreaming because this can't be happening. So I was really upset and I ran to the bathroom and I was in the bathroom and I'm like pinching myself to make sure that I'm still awake or I am awake because I'm like, well, maybe I'm dreaming. And I was definitely very awake. I started crying. Um, (laughs) And also in my dreams, like whenever I dream, like my house, like the house always looks different, but everything looks exactly as it was in real life. 
So I was like, okay, well, this is really horrible, but maybe I'll go back to the room to see what's going on there. I went back to the room and it was still there, still looking angry, just in a different spot in the room. So I lost my damn mind, (laughs) (laughs) ran into my parents' room and slept on the floor while hyperventilating for the rest of the night. And can you, I, I don't think that I have to say that I did not sleep very well at all in that house for the rem- remainder of the time that we were there. <laughs> you don't say. I, I slept with a nightlight for about 10 years after that. Even after we moved houses, I was so fucking freaked out. <laughs> it was horrible. And I don't think that I was having some sort of like psychotic break or anything because I didn't experience anything like this in any other house. I've lived in quite a few houses. It was just that house. There was something wrong with that house. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that's that's a thing, though, that happens with with houses. Um, A friend of mine in university, um, she and her family uh, moved to uh, New Glasgow. It's a town just outside of Halifax. Uh, It's kind of small. but, but like, you know, everything in Nova Scotia, everything is haunted. Um, so my friend, she and her family moved into this place um, temporarily while they were waiting for, I think they were building a house and they were going to be finished. Um, and just after they moved in, her brother, who had had no history of um, sleep disorders, sleepwalking, um, would start to sleep. He was sleepwalking. He would, they would find him in the kitchen, just kind of standing there looking at the fridge, or they'd find him like standing looking at like out the back door and like you know they'd kind of guide him back to bed um but it got to the point where it was becoming uh, a problem can i just say that i find sleepwalking so freaky like it's freaky as hell you could be doing anything in your sleep i used to be like concerned that i was accidentally gonna murder someone in my sleep because my parents told me a story about this and i became convinced for like a year that i was absolutely gonna do this thank you for derailing my creepy story sorry Go for it. But yeah, sleepwalking is, is, is creepy, especially when it's, you know, you've not had a history of it before. Mm-hmm. So um, he was getting worse and worse, and they were kind of concerned, like, do we take him to a doctor? Do we take him to a psychiatrist? What's causing this? Uh, and then one night, my friend said she woke up to blood-curdling screams coming from her brother's room at about 2.33 in the morning. Oh, that's not good. So she jumps up, and she's running. She was ahead of bedroom downstairs. Her parents and he were sleeping in rooms upstairs, and they, she ran upstairs. And she saw her mom go into her, her brother's room. He was standing uh, at the foot of his bed, which was facing a mirror. He was standing at the foot of the bed, completely stock still, like rigid, pointing, screaming. And my friend said that her mom ran into the room, turned around, shooed her out of it, went back in. And as soon as she turned around to the mirror, her brother f- collapsed, stopped screaming. And she, years later, she asked her mom, like, what did you actually, like, what actually happened there? And she's like, when I went in, there was a hooded figure in his mirror that he was pointing at, and it was pointing back at him. Oh my god, that's so fucked up. So I turned around to get you out of there so you didn't see this. When I ran back in, and I pointed at it too, it saw me, I assume it saw me, and then it just kind of dissipated. And as, as it dissipated, he fell to the bed and stopped screaming. Did they move? They moved within two weeks. Okay, that's good. <laughs> They ended up staying in the hotel for uh, a couple of weeks uh, while the, the house was finished, but that was just it. Um, and my and I, I talked. This is this is a thing my friends and I would do every every couple of weeks. We get together, have some drinks, and tell ghost stories. And I asked my friend, like, you know, was this was this a a one off thing? Have you ever had any other experiences? And she said, well, yeah. I mean, there's the the ghost ship of Arasag. There's a, a burning schooner ship you can see off the coast uh, in New Glasgow. Um, and oddly enough, the place where I, I met this friend was at St. Effects University, or X as we call it. 
Um, it's an old Catholic university in Nova Scotia. It is at this point uh, like 200 and something years old, I guess. Around there. Old enough. Old enough. Old enough that it was a Catholic school and you had to be Catholic to go there. That place is haunted as fuck. Like, super haunted. Um, one of the biggest hauntings, and I think there's actually like documentaries about Canadian ghosts that include this. Uh, there's a, a ghost called the Blue Nun. We definitely saw it in our book at the very least. We saw the nun in a book, uh, out west, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, a little bit of history for you. So, St. FX was built in like the 1850s, I guess. Um, and then within the campus, there was a smaller college called Mount St. Bernard College. That is where the nuns lived and studied. Uh, and eventually, I think it was like a nursing thing, too. Um, and they stayed there. The nuns were there until 2001 when I started school there. And I lived in the dorm the year after the nuns had been kicked out. <laughs> I, mean, no. I, don't, I don't think I quite realized that you lived in that dorm specifically. Yes, I lived okay. in the dorm. No nuns. No nuns. None. Uh, yeah, the nuns were asked to leave politely. Not probably not very politely by by university because they needed um, the the norms for students. So within Mount Saint Bernard, uh, it was purchased by the by Saint FX, and they took ownership of three dorms. Uh, Camden, where I lived, was all girls. Uh, Marguerite was co-ed, uh, and Gilmora. Gilmora was the older building, very elaborate stonework, and it had a balcony. This is important. So, f- the from the inception till the nuns were kicked out, it was all girls, strict curfew, no boys allowed. Um, and then when I started, Marguerite was co-ed. Um, so, the blue nun is the remnant of a nun who had an affair with a priest, and she became pregnant. Uh, and out of shame and humiliation and, and forsaking her vows, she jumped off the balcony in Gilmora, which was a direct line of sight from my bedroom window <laughs> and my bed. Do we know for sure that this actually happened? Yes. Okay. Yes, there's, there's, you know... Documentation? There's documentation, yes. Okay. If, if, if you go to St. Effects, you can, like, you can go to the library, and if you get the right librarian, um, they'll give you all the, all the old documents on this and Mary Ellen Spook Farm and whatever else you want. So she jumped off the balcony... Um, and the priest hung himself in the tunnels that kind of go underneath the campus. I tried to find the tunnels one night, and we got maybe four feet in, and then me and my friend were like, fuck this, this is nuts, we're leaving. There was no fucking way that I'd be going down there. Um, yeah, we, we, we tried it once and never spoke of it again. <laughs> Did something bad happen? Um, it was just one of those things where, like, you know when silence gets loud and it's uh-huh. oppressive? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I'd be yeah. Bolton too, so... Yeah, but the thing is, we were within sight and, and range of a door, but mm-hmm. it was just, it was that silent, and we shouldn't have been that quiet, because, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the nun jumped off the balcony, the priest hung himself, um, and there's been reports over the years of a nun being seen in the hallways, um, who would sit on your bed at night and look at you, um, or she would sit on your computer chair and look at you, or she would rearrange things if, if you were messy. Um, so for the most part, Blue Nun, pretty chill. Every now and then something weird would happen in Fourth Camden, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I still, you know, even if she was pretty chill, I wouldn't want a nun just like sitting there staring at me no. and trying to sleep. this unsettling. So I didn't know about the Blue Nun until after I moved in. And, uh, I, so we had a, we had a house meeting, uh, the first day we were there and, you know, learn the house rules. Here's what we do for fire alarm. And then we had another house meeting. So here's what you do 
uh, when you see the blue nun. <laughs> this is my thing, Nova Scotia. So um, a few people were just like, oh my God, this is stupid. Oh my God, this is hilarious. A few people who were, you know, kind of local were like, oh yeah, of course, I know what the fucking blue nun. I was like, this is news to me. A few guys who lived in Marg looked a little unsettled and they kind of were talking about themselves and I guess they picked a, an ambassador to kind of ask a question and uh, the guy raised his hand and, and the RA, the residence assistant, says, okay, what do you want? And he's like, um, what does the blue nun do about men being in the building? Because I had a nightmare that there was a nun floating outside my window screaming at me no men were allowed. Uh, she then came through the window and started choking me and I had marks on my neck the next day. And a few other guys raised their hand and said, yeah, I, you can actually see bruising here. He's, he had a couple of marks on his neck. I mean, it could have just been like someone getting a little kinky and like, you know, getting carried away, but whatever. <laughs> very chill, very chill. Very chill. So a friend of mine, there were a few specific rooms um, that the nun would, would hang out in. My, I had two friends live in the, the room. Um, both had shit happen. One of them had her shoes be moved constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them had, um, she had purchased a, a text-to-voice program on her computer, um, and she said it never really worked, so she would unplug, the, she unplugged the microphone and said, fuck it, I'm just gonna uninstall the program, totally fine. Uh, the next day, her computer woke her up, speaking to her in a very weird, garbled kind of voice, and she jumped up, thinking, someone's in my room, and then she looked at the computer, and it was on. And the was pro- it off before? It was off. It was had been off. The, it was on, and the program was up on the screen. The voice-to-text program that she had uninstalled was up on the screen. Yikes. Yeah, so. Um, that was that one. Uh, so, <laughs> one night, I was writing a paper. I have so many blue stories. I was writing a paper, and I could hear this, like, footsteps in the hallway above us. And it's an old building. It's tr- sound travels. Um, but it was really annoying, and it was just like really heavy, like thump, 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 thump. and it was, it was kind of pissing me off because it was getting close to quiet hours, and I was, you know, come on guys, like settle down, it's like a Tuesday, chill out. And my friend came down the hall, and she says, "Gee, we gotta go upstairs. This is insane. I'm trying to work." I'm like, "Thank you. It's fucking crazy." So we go upstairs, and we turn the corner to get down to the third Camden, and the lights are all off, all the doors are closed, there's nobody around. There's a sign on the door for the, of the RA saying floor dinner and movie back at 10. At this point, it was 8.30. So Noof and I were just like, okay, maybe someone from Marg is farting around and rollerblading or something. So we... <laughs> rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, people, I did that. Okay. <laughs> um, so we were going down the third Marg and asking our friends, like, you guys freaking out? Like, what's going on? They're like, no, it's nothing's going on. Everybody was kind of either working or watching hockey. And I was like, okay. So Noof and I go back again, and uh, we're looking, and we're just like, okay, there's nobody here. We even walked the length of the hallway, and it was dead quiet. Couldn't even hear the noise from Mark. So we go back downstairs, and the second we get down to our floor again, the footsteps are directly above us. And it followed, it stopped by my door when I got back to my room. Again, very chill. I would be very happy with that (laughs) course of events. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that that was the most I had experiences with the Blue Nun. Lucky? Um, not yeah. I was lucky. Um, somebody I know, uh, the cousin of a friend of mine, was a little less lucky. She lived on Fourth Camp, uh, Fourth Gill, so this is where the nun jumped off the balcony. <clears throat> she came home from a class one day, like four o'clock. Was gonna have a nap um, before dinner. 
told her friends, hey, I'm just going to close my door over. I'm not going to close and lock it. Just come in and wake me up when it's time to go. Because we had a meal hall on campus and we'd you know, go as a floor to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's laying down and it was towards the end of the year. We're all kind of burnt out. And she fell asleep. You know, that hard and fast where you're like drooling on everything. Mm. Um, but she woke up because she could hear this weird kind of like noise. Yee. And she's kind of like, what, uh, what's going on? So she wakes up. Trying, she's trying to wake up and she's trying to kind of figure out what's going on. And then the, the tapping turns into like like someone drumming fingers on a, on a piece of wood. Hate it. So she's looking around and, she, and then she realizes it's not just tapping. There's a weird, creepy, raspy voice that's repeating a series of numbers. So now she's like, okay. Extra hate it. She's trying to wake up and it's just, you know, demon voice and weird hand tapping sound. So she sits up and looks at her dresser, trying to, still trying to listen to this creepy voice in case it's like a phone number or a date or something. And there's a hand on her dresser just tapping with this creepy voice. And she's from a part of Cape Breton Island where um, you're, you're taught at a very young age, if you, if you see a ghost, if you think you see a ghost, ask it what in God's name do you want of me. If it's, if it's a bad spirit, that'll kind of put on the back foot and it'll go away. Um, but if it's good, it'll say, please help me, I need, or it'll communicate in a way that you can offer assistance. Again, Nova Scotia, everything's haunted. We grew up differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot say that I had that instruction. Yeah. So she in, somehow remembered the, this, this, this teaching. And in between trying to wake up and figure out what's going on, and this hand and the voice, and the voice is getting louder, and the hand's getting faster, she's trying to say, what in God's name do you want of me? But she can only really get as far as what. You know, she's like, what in what? And then she's saying in her head, what in God's name do you want of me? What in God's name? And then the, the voice stops. The hand stops. Then this voice goes, I don't want to fucking hear that. And then the hand smacks down on her dresser and disappears. So she bolted to her door and it had closed and locked itself. Ooh. I think you told me this story before, but I blocked most of it out and now I have goosebumps again. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing for me is... um, (laughs) I I wasn't uh, in the dorm when this was going on. I I think I was out like watching a hockey game or something. Um, so when I came back, I most of my friends were all kind of sequestered away in, in someone's room. And <laughs> unbeknownst to me, they were telling this story. So I was like, I'm going to be the asshole that sneaks up on my friends and like pounds on the door and scares them all. I did that just as they started to talk about the hand tapping on the dresser. You want to hear seven women screech at me well, and yeah. call me every fucking name in the book. Well, yeah, you deserve that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that would, uh, would, would we, were, we were blessed with <laughs> at St. FX was a, a marble statue of Mary. Because statues are never creepy. Yeah, statues are never fucking creepy. So there's a statue of Mary. So when you're, so like I said, I lived in a, in a dorm. I lived in Camden. It was one of three houses. So Gil, Gil Margan, Camden. And then there's a courtyard in the, in the, in behind them. Um, and again, like I said, my window was a, from my bed was a direct line of sight to the Gill balcony, which I tried to never look at. <laughs> and the statue of Mary was right beside me. Didn't like her either. So one night uh, we were walking back from dinner and it's one of those statues of Mary where, you know, it's, it's the typical, the hands out, like come mm-hmm. to me, my, my lambs kind of pose. Um, and we were walking back from dinner and my friend grabs me and I was like, what, what do you, and she's like, gee, look at look at Mrs. in the in the courtyard. And I was like, who's in the courtyard? No, look at Mary. Her hands were up 
her hands had moved and she was in a they were in like a stop motion and i was just like were her hands like that this morning no they were not i said they were in the, the thing yeah they were okay so we were just like wait no we're imagining things totally totally chill we're stressed out midterms whatever um the next morning we're going for lunch and i stop and look and her hands are back in the the first position and uh, we were with someone who was super, super Catholic, and she immediately was just like, I'm going to fucking church. <laughs> uh, and this kept up for a while, and eventually we just stopped looking at Mary, because we were just like, this is freaking me out. And <laughs> one day, I don't, we were super, super drunk, and my friend comes over to me, and she's like, did Mary always face that way? You can fuck all the way off. I'm not looking at Mary right now. <laughs> I'm going to see Mary on my fucking window. I'm not looking at Mary. So <laughs> we were kind of chatting about all the ghost stories one night, and... Uh, there were some older students on the floor and they kind of came by and were like, I heard you talking about uh, the blue nun. Oh yeah. Have you met Mary yet? And I was like, oh, Mrs. in the courtyard. Yeah, she's great. Like, have you seen her move? And I was like, yeah, have you heard her cry yet? I said, fuck no. So they said that the year before they were sitting in the lounge downstairs in like the, the living room of the house, I guess. It was the end of the year. All the windows were open. It was really nice. And there was sobbing coming from somewhere. And there was uh, two girls on my floor and their friend from another house. And they were all kind of like, what the f- who's, who's having this fucking breakdown? It's exam time. They should, mm-hmm. they should go find them. So they went from the the lounge downstairs to the mailroom, downstairs to the gym. Um, they went downstairs to where the tunnels started, which you would not be able to hear anybody that far down. Um, and then one of them gets the idea, oh, maybe somebody's outside because there's stone archways and everything echoes. Mm-hmm. So they go outside. And they're kind of looking around the courtyard, and they said, well, it's definitely louder out here. Um, maybe someone's in a bush. Maybe someone fell out a window. Let's go check it out. So they're walking around the, like, the perimeter of the courtyard. And as they get closer to Mary, it gets louder, and one of them just goes, it's coming from her. So they walk over, and as they're walking up to her, it's getting louder and louder and louder. Uh, and then they just did a full 180 and just went right back inside and closed all the windows. And we're like, no, we're, <laughs> we're fucking done. I would be very much an open out. Yeah. Um... So again, I didn't have any experience with Mary, but there's been enough shit. <laughs> and that isn't even the uh, the scariest thing about Annie Ganesh. The scariest thing is, I mean, the price of tuition. It's very scary. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there was a farm, this a McDonald's farm. And years ago, they uh, adopted a, a young woman named Mary Ellen. And Mary Ellen... Uh, no one's really sure how, how Mary Ellen's family passed away. Um, but it was Mary Ellen was, was in need of somewhere to live, so the McDonald's very kindly took her in. And after they took her in, weird fires would start. Like, the curtains would light on fire, but there's no fire near it. Um, spots on the wall would light on fire. Like, just a random flame on the wall, and they couldn't understand why. And you can look this up, the Mary Ellen Spook Farm. Like, you can look it up. There's, they had, you know, investigators come in from everywhere to check this place out. So eventually um, they realized there was something attached itself to Mary Ellen and that was a thing causing fires. And eventually the whole barn, like the whole farm burned down. Fire, there was always fires in the barn. They would find the horses outside. Like it was just, it was just a shit show. So no one's really sure. And I'm, I've been trying to research this for years to figure out why the entity stayed with the farm. Because one of the first things you're told um, in terms of lore of, of St. Effects is don't go to the spook farm. 
So it wasn't Mary Ellen herself. It was something that attached Something that attached to her, to her yeah. And how did they figure that? Because when she died, all the stuff stopped. Mm. Yeah. But it, so couldn't have it have been her then, specifically? Well, here's the thing. So when, when the fire, the final fire happened, um, she I think something happened to her and she had to be hospitalized after it. But so in the hospital, nothing ever happened. But anybody who went to the site... Okay. Um, specifically went to the site and took something to study fires started there gotcha so we were always told don't go to the spook farm but if you have to go don't take anything back uh-huh i knew a guy um this huge you know 300 pound football player i asked him one night um we were having a few drinks at a bar at home and i said oh yeah did you ever, you ever go to the spook farm he turned white put his glass down and he said i want to know who dared you to ask me about this and i said nobody i just saw you have an x-ring i want to know he's like i will never ever talk about that and I'm, who told you? And I was like, what do you fucking mean? He's like, I went there. It was the worst fucking night of my life. I will never discuss it. And you should, and if you do go there, you are an idiot. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, this is, this is a dude who was just like, party hard, you know, no fucks given. But when I brought that up, he was like, nope, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So in my first year, the rumor was two guys went out and they had to call the, the cops and the priest and come in and bless everything because they took something back and then they had to get the cops to take it back and that was a whole I don't know if that's true or not um, but uh, my friend's boyfriend told me the story that he was at a party um, and uh, you know it was like 8, 9 o'clock and this girl just started kind of having a fit in the corner she was kind of just went really rigid and stiff and kept saying put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back and they are always like is she having a stroke? Is she having a seizure? Is she on drugs? You know what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then she's just stopped it and then she got out of it and she said they put it back and then she was fine and everybody's kind of like what are you what are you talking about who who took what and who put what back and she had no memory of this happening turns out at the exact time her boyfriend and two of his friends were driving through the spook farm they wanted to go he got a new car he wanted to go off-roading and check out like mm-hmm. whatever dudes do with new off-road vehicles could you not have gone somewhere else I don't know. Um, so he and his friends are, are out at uh, at the spook farm, and they're walking around, and it's getting a little creepy. So the guy says, okay, well, you know, I got to go meet my girlfriend at this party. Let's go. I'll give you guys a ride into town. Don't take anything. So I get in the car, brand new car, just picked up that day, uh, goes to start it, and click. Nothing. Nothing at all. And he's like, very funny, guys. Put it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, click, click, click. Nothing. He's like, really fucking funny. Do you guys smell smoke? And he was just like, like, I'm like, I'm not even fucking around, guys. Like, I smell smoke. And his friend was like, I actually smell smoke, too. Like, we gotta... And his friend in the backseat kind of sheepishly takes out a little rock. And he's like, yeah, sorry, man. I, and he's like, I fucking told you, don't put, don't take anything. Put it back. Put it back. Put it back. Put it back. So he opens the window and he hucks it out. Smoke smell clears. Car starts up right away. So when he got to the party, you know, they told him what his girlfriend did. And they realized at the exact same time, his friend was fucking around with his rock. She was having the fit at the party, saying, put it back, put it back, put it back. Mm-hmm. This, there's, there's 30 witnesses to this story, and I actually asked a bunch of people who I was talking to at the time. I was like, were you at the party? Yeah, it was fucking weird. Yeah, that's more than a little weird. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, that's that's all of that stuff. I mean... Yeah, I'm glad I didn't uh, live there. I mean, it was, it was fun. Yeah, but, you know, ghosts... Yeah, but that's just, that's Nova Scotia. I mean, there's there's a, a supposedly a walled-off room in Fourth Camden where crosses, when the nuns lived there, the, every room had a crucifix on it. And apparently this place, 
Um, every, almost every day, the crucifix would be upside down, and the girl who lived there would come home to upside down crosses, everything torn apart. She would hear things at night. She would have stuff thrown at her. And eventually, she was so harassed, she like left the school. Yeah, I probably would too. And then they walled up the dorm, and that's yeah. Mm. Um, and then the thing with St. Mary's, there was the, um, St. Mary's is a university in Halifax. There's rumors of, a, an attic above one of the old residences that, um, was, was never used. And then they had to use it for, like, too, they had too many students starting one year, so they had to have extra room for the sleep. So they set up the attic as, like, a temporary situation, and someone ended up hanging herself up there. Uh, so after that happened, shut it all down, move everybody out, and every now and then you'll see... A light on up in that attic even though it's it's locked and mm-hmm. someone's told me that they went up there one night and you know they locked, unlocked the door walked in and there was a noose hanging from one of the beams great <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah but this is like and oh and um if you're in halifax nova scotia uh the five fishermen amazing seafood it's the best seafood you will ever have in your life did we end up going there i can't remember no, we went to uh, the Wooden Monkey. It's, I, I feel like every time we try to go to the Five Fishermen, it's like closed or something. Uh, we were trying to go for lunch, but the Little Fish... Uh, oh, the Little Fish menu was mostly just shellfish and squid, and mm, we didn't want that. Not into it. But the Five Fishermen um, was a temporary morgue after the Halifax explosion in, the, I think it was World War One. A munition ship uh, uh, collided in uh, Halifax Harbor and basically leveled the city like the city was like just devastated and then a huge snowstorm hit like the next day which bad timing so they had to put all the bodies somewhere um and the building that the five fishermen is now used to be a morgue um and i've been to this place numerous times and i do not like going there and i'll go for lunch i'll go for an early dinner but you will not see me put my big fucking toe over the threshold of that door past like eight o'clock at night (laughs) that place is creepy as fuck my cousin worked at the little fish and even then, I was, she was like, can you come get me if you're downtown? I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming in. And one night, she was like, no, I gotta, I might be a few minutes like, come on in and I'll buy you a beer. And I was like, okay. So I walked in, just had a beer. And I was like, okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. I was like, I gotta pee so bad. And I was like, fuck. So I went in the bathroom, and it was just the most uncomfortable. You just felt like you were just being washed on all sides. And it's uncomfortably tiny in there, and it's just like, it's, everything is muffled because you're underground, and it's like these big, thick cement walls. Creepiest experience. Is it worse than the uh, the Americans' bathroom? Oh yeah, it's way creepier than that. Okay. <laughs> the American is a bar in Vancouver with we call it the murder bathroom because it looks like there's you know a mad scientist lab down there because someone's going to commit murder. No, the bathroom of the Little Fish is one of the creepiest places I've ever peed in my life. You said that the bathroom at Governor's too is supposed to be haunted, right? Um, Governor's itself is haunted. I've been in Governor's a bunch in the bathroom a bunch of times. It's always been fine. Uh, upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs. Okay. Downstairs bathroom is haunted. You get that a little bit less. Um, upstairs. Upstairs is super fucking haunted. Okay. Um, I remember one night I was there with mom and it was busy, but not like crazy busy. And I kept wondering like, because mom was in line behind me for the bathroom and the door knob kept rattling. And I was like, well, she knows I'm in here. Like, is she just fucking with me? So I leave and there's nobody out there. Mom's in the other bathroom. And I was just, afterwards, I was like, what are you fucking around with the doorknob for, Mona? Like, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she had no idea what was going on. I was like, well, who was in line after you? Well, nobody. Mm-hmm. I was like, so someone must, so my, I'm rationalizing this with somebody came in 
to pee after us and just shook the doorknob and was just like, well, someone's in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was that also the time when I, it was literally like just me and a few friends and I was the only one who went to pee and then I could see someone try and pull the door while I was in there. I'm just <laughs> nodding a lot. Always give me this look like you're going to make me fucking tell all these fucking stories and make me go to bed later. Fuck you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sleep real well. Well, wasn't that place in Victoria we stayed at haunted? Oh yeah. That place that place is creepy. Oh yeah, so there's a place called the Gingerbread House. Um, We're not staying there next time we go. No. In Victoria, which I've stayed at a bunch of times because uh, my best friend from Australia used to live in Victoria and I'd, we'd stay there uh, sometimes when I came to visit. And um, there's a room in there called the Mozart Room. Every room is done up like some sort of figure. And yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw someone. There was kind of a... It's a very weird place. There was like a like a mirror with a with a sink like a pedestal sink like right in the middle of the of the main room like where the beds are and i saw someone standing in front of the mirror and i looked at my friend and she was sleeping so it definitely wasn't her but somehow i felt like this presence was okay cuz i i still i just have no idea how i managed to do this but i just fell asleep again <laughs> I was like, okay, and That's I'm very like, unlike you. No, I know. I'm like very petrified of ghosts. So this was very odd for me, but I guess I just like instinctively knew that it was kind of okay. I have no idea. I'm still very confused by this situation. But we went downstairs the next day and said, "Oh, I think we saw something in this uh in the room." And she said, "Oh, yeah, you know, we had like a the 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 owner of the B&B said, "Oh, we had we had like a white witch." coming through to like sage the place or whatever but she also said that it was like a good presence yeah um, and, and we, when we stayed there for new year's eve years ago um i remember like there's a lot of noise in the halls and a lot of noise above us even though there was no room above us it was nice um so next time we down for breakfast and i was like oh yeah the other guests seem to be um coming and going a lot last night and the owner said well you're the only ones here besides us and we got home at four in the morning I was just like, ah. <laughs> great, great, great. Well, because I kept hearing like knocking on the walls, and I could hear footsteps in the hallway. And like we had, a, we had some wine. We didn't have that much wine. No, and again, <laughs> it wasn't like a really malicious thing. No, um, it was just a lot of fucking noise and people walking in the hallway. But it's still unsettling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As as these things tend to be. Um, By the way, I think the owners would be fine with us saying this. I think they advertised it on their website. They had on website for a while. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Uh, and hey, if you're into staying in haunted places, I know Roz Dresfeles is going to the Queen Mary and stayed in a haunted hotel somewhere. Like, I'll, you, I'll tell you where to stay. <laughs> I mean, uh, this this B&B is a pretty great place to stay. The woman is Austrian and she makes the best fucking breakfasts you will ever... Breakfasts you will breakfasts? ever... Breakfasts? Breakfasts. <laughs> the best... The best... and the breakfasts. <laughs> the best breakfast you'll ever have at a B&B. Yeah, there. Uh, I don't know. I think the guy in the Castro was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's up there though. Um, but yeah, it's charming. It's pink. Um, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of some other good ones. Oh, there was the the anniversary of uh, the car crash on the hockey tournament weekend at home. Every year on that weekend, there's um, it was it's an annual hockey tournament called Red Cup, and uh, I think it's been going on since my mom went to that high school. Like. <laughs> 
which is, you know, not a recent time. Um, actually, yes, it does, because my mom's a cheerleader, and there's photos of her at Red Cup. So, again, rumors. I'm not sure if this is, like, legitimately true or not, but um, there's a... It's a it's a hockey tournament for the weekend, and it's it's my high school and a couple, like, rivals and, like, maybe one or two from the mainland. And that Saturday night of the of the tournament, a bunch of people were driving around a place called Blackett's Lake, and that family is cursed, and that lake is fucking haunted as hell. They were driving on the lake, and they hit a patch of ice, spun out, and went down a little embankment and kind of got stuck and died. They were going to a party, um, and they were just maybe three minutes away from it. Um, so I know somebody who lives now above where, like on that little cliff above where that party was happening, and, and they've told me that every year, Red Cup weekend, um, they can smell smoke and hear noise, like people are partying in the woods, as you do in Nova Scotia. <laughs> um, as you do pretty much anywhere with woods. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, and then every Red Cup weekend, they can they can hear it. And, uh, and the Black, Blackett's Lake is is a creepy place. I had some friends who lived there when I was a kid and I hated having sleepovers out there because it was, I grew up in, in the 80s and 90s in a rural, like it was a rural part of Nova Scotia and they didn't have cable uh, TV until well into the 90s. Like mm-hmm. it's that, that rustic. <laughs> so it was really quiet out there and you would hear fucking weird ass noises. Like not wolves and not coyotes but just, and like not even like that fox like ah noise. It'd be like a, like a old timey siren, but backwards, like hey, and we kind of end off with this like raspy growl kind of thing. Um, and there's rumors that the the family who lived there and settled there, the Black family, were haunted or they were cursed, and there were weird lights over the lake. Um, there were weird things going around their house. You know, open the doors opening and closing, windows opening and closing, things going missing, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of stories about Cape Breton. I'll keep this kind of short, though, because we're coming into, like, 45 minutes of me telling ghost stories. The last one I'll say um, is somewhat personal. Um, my grandfather died very suddenly when I was 10 on Christmas Eve, and his funeral was Boxing Day, the 26th. Um, so I had a really strange dream um, that night where we, the entire family was sitting in their living room, and it was very, very quiet. Um, and he came downstairs, and I could see him talking to the family members, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. <clears throat> and he got to me, and we had a chat. And I woke up, and I was like, that was fucking weird. That was really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it stayed with me. I was 10, I'm 36 now. Like, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to one of my aunts on MSN Messenger when I was in, um, in grade 10, I think, 10 or 11, because she was trying to get her GED, and I was helping her with her math homework. Um, and it was around Halloween, um, and so we were talking about ghost stories, and I said, oh, I got a, I got a really strange one about Poppy, and she actually, I, I typed the whole thing out, and she's, I'll, like, I could see, you know, with MSN, you say, like, so-and-so was typing, I could see typing, and she was typing for a long time, and she came back with this novel, and the, the first thing was, I had the same dream you were wearing, and she described exactly what I was wearing, and where I was sitting, and where I was sitting was a very specific place that I always sat at the, when I was a kid and I was like yeah and you were sitting here and she said yeah and at the same time we were like you know you know this, this person was beside me yeah so we had the exact same dream on the exact same day she had dreamt of him dying before it happened so she was having a nap on Christmas Eve because she had to get up at like balls to the in the morning to put up the Santa Claus presents mm-hmm. um and she had a dream that the phone was ringing 
Um, and her husband came running in. He said, it's your sister. Something happened to your father. You have to go to the hospital. She woke up to the phone ringing. And she just said, it's dad. And she got up out of bed. And her husband came to the door of the bedroom. And he was like, I was just coming to get you. Your sister called. And she's like, I'm going to the hospital. And he's like, how did you know? She's like, I just, I dreamt it. I'm going. Just handle the kids. I'll, I'll be back later. Um, and there was another thing. <laughs> my, my aunt has just convinced my grandmother haunts her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, honestly, if anyone's going to haunt anybody, it'll be Nana haunting my aunt. <laughs> um, but there, there were a few times, um, my aunt was my grandmother's caretaker for a long time, and there were a few times when I could tell my aunt was feeling very stressed or very upset about something or very sad that Nana wasn't around. Um, mm-hmm. And we would be hanging out and she'd, you know, get a little emotional, and then I would smell Nana's perfume. She wore this very distinct, like, old lady perfume. <laughs> But not like clawing battle. It was like a very comforting smell. And I would smell it around places, which was weird. And I smelled it in our house a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. In the house that we lived in before we lived yeah. in this apartment. we lived in the Laneway house. And it was actually, I brought it up first. I was like, what is that smell? Yeah. And obviously I didn't associate that smell with anything because yeah. I didn't know your grandmother. Yeah, because actually it was, um, you were home because you had your day off. And I was like, I haven't smelled, maybe it's just the, maybe someone's using a dryer. Like, well, the windows are closed, it's fucking December. And I was like, okay, so I, uh, this is when I was able to take off, like, two weeks of vacation around Christmas. So I was home one day, and I'm not a fan of Christmas. Um, and I was kind of cranky, kind of grumpy, and I could smell the perfume. And it was, it, she hung around, I don't know if it was her, she hung around for a few days and then disappeared again. Um, but uh, yeah, every now and then I, I can, I smell that and I'm just like, where is she? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, her birthday would have been Thursday. Oh. Yeah. Halloween. Halloween. Her birthday was Halloween. So remember that picture I showed you of me with like the fucking weird makeup on and yeah. I'm making the dumb face with the birthday cake? Yeah. That was her birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's probably good for ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Hope it, we creeped you out. Hope we creeped you out. Um, if you want to send us ghost stories. Also, listen, Roz Dresfelez on the off chance you're listening to some uh, spooky podcasts, come to Vancouver and we'll uh, find some haunted stuff to go investigate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Happy Halloween. Hope you like this.